everyone. Welcome to Loving This Life podcast, hosted by yours truly, Abby Hillis, founder of ACH Events and co-founder of The Twelfth Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. This podcast is about loving the life that you live and 100% owning it and being happy with it. Each episode will include a guest or thoughts to help bring your dreams to reality, understand true commitment in life, and help turn some of your darkest days into the brightest years. So grab some coffee, some wine, or whatever tickles your fancy, and join me on this adventure of finding happiness and taking charge. Welcome everyone to episode two of Loving This Life podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode. And uh, just a little reminder, if you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. That is how others find us easily. And um, we really get the word out. I am super excited today because we have a guest that's going to be coming on um, who's very special to me and quite frankly, was the person who kickstarted this entire transformation. And I don't even know, I think in part of this conversation, she realizes how monumental she was in this transformation. But her name is Brandy Smith, and she is a licensed physical therapist. But the really cool thing about her is that she does much more than just physical therapy. She's really cool and good about looking at the mind and the body as a whole and connecting it rather than just looking at a certain area of concern. And so a little backstory, the reason her and I reconnected was because um, I think it was pretty obvious that I was going through some, some rough times in my life and a mentor of mine reached out to me and said, look, Brandy's like really, you know, taken off and, and is trying this different view of life and therapy. And I think that you really should just go meet with her and just see how she is. And so I did. And Brandy and I have known each other for years. And we were trying to figure it out when we were talking. And we're not even honestly sure. It's been probably like between six and eight years. And she has just like grown and transitioned in her own life. And because of her own life experiences, it's really changed and adapted her way of being a physical therapist. And so we've just kind of connected on a deeper level and she's really helped me um, understand my mind and my body and my neurosystem and my energy in a way that I never, I just, I don't know that I ever would have if I wouldn't have gone to her and if our paths wouldn't have crossed. So yeah, that's kind of the background with us. She is extremely good at what she does. She's very good at understanding where your mind is at and helping you figure out how to get further away from that. Instead of telling you what to do, she gives you the tools to figure it out. And that's something that I wanted to have her share with all of you guys because those tools have been just so important in my life and they are helping me like continue to have control over my mind and, you know, not get upset and really like, you know, take each moment of every day, day by day and, and kind of take a step back instead of just like acting on impulse. I also want to set the scene so that you guys kind of understand um, just the life that Brandy lives and and how she just practices what she preaches. So I, you know, first time I I see her, I come to her house because she practices out of her home. And 
you know, I noticed it's just like everything just coexists. So she has salt lamps everywhere. I think she has at least 10. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Most of the time her lights are off and she really just lives with natural light. Her doggy named Lucky, which you guys do hear, you'll hear every now and then Lucky eats while we're talking and I think she falls asleep at one point and is snoring by the end. She goes in and out of her doggy door that uh, Brandy has for her and really the one thing that I noticed after going to Brandy's house time and time again for sessions was that she just coexists with everything in life and Instead of just this rigid life that, you know, I've really been living where, um, you know, if I was in her shoes, my dog would be kenneled and they would, you know, they wouldn't be allowed out. And, you know, she she doesn't live that way. She lives like everyone deserves to be together. Um, everyone can learn from each other. And it's very obvious when you when you do a session with her that that's how it is. You know, Lucky was there while we were meditating and sometimes he might just come lay right next to me while I was, you know, really trying to quiet my mind. And I didn't have a problem with it. Like she created a space where it was all okay. And so I just think it's important for you guys to understand, you know, that's kind of the environment that Brandy welcomes so that you can understand in your mind kind of where this conversation is going to go and understand uh, kind of the transition that she's placed on my heart and in my mind. So with all of that being said, welcome, Brandy. It's so awesome to have you. Thanks, Abby. (laughs) Um, I feel really honored to be a part of this. (laughs) Yay! I feel super honored to be a part of the journey. That's the first part. Um, It's been an honor to get to see you grow and like prosper. And in three to four months, a lot has changed. Like it was like a 180 flip. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's what I was like, wow. It was that fast. Yeah, I got somebody great to work with. <laughs> Abby's super receptive. <laughs> yeah, well, and I also really wanted to make change. Yes. So yeah, it, like, well, helps when you have that mindset of, like, okay, like, I'm hit bottom, like, I want to move up. That's the key, like, where yeah. the motivation is. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. a lot of motivation. <laughs> you, you have to figure out a person's motivation, and sometimes it's, like how it's just so bad like when you've hit bottom like everything has to get better (laughs) everything and you got to start somewhere right so I called you and I'm like help (laughs) so I was the starting point yes oh wow I feel very honored so I didn't I didn't completely realize that I was yeah I was ground zero (laughs) yeah you were so a little bit about me so and then we'll get to that day one because I want that's gonna be interesting yeah because I remember um, Abby set up an appointment because we had a mutual friend. It was like, Abby has to come see you. And um, I remember like just scheduling her, not knowing what you were coming for. Because people come to me for various things. Like, yeah. It's a whole, I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily a traditional physical therapist. It's a whole body, holistic approach to the human body and um, all that that encompasses. And so, which I'm, is what makes you awesome, you guys. <laughs> like, you. she's not your typical physical therapist at all. She's, she just has a completely different approach than just your typical Western medicine physical therapy schooling. Like, she, yeah. she looks at everything in a much bigger picture. Well, I think it's like a really good mix of you know people. People have said that that it's a good mix of Western and Eastern. Yes, and yes, a good mix. Like, it has to make sense yes. why we're doing. Um, what we're doing and how it all connects. Um, yeah, so a little bit about me. So I am uh, the owner and founder of Perfect Ten Physical Therapy and Performance Training. So I specialize in treating young athletes, um, but I end up training their whole family. 
And part of the young athlete dynamic is the family dynamics and the family support structure and the coaching support structure and um, kind of that whole process. Um, I have a bunch of initials after my name, so I, I mean, I guess I'll like rattle those off. There's not really a, a <laughs> it's a thing. But no, you should be thing. proud of them. <laughs> I am, Give them to oh, us. No, I'm proud of them. I am proud of them. It's just that they, you know, it's like alphabet suit. So, um, no, I'm, I'm fellowship trained in orthopedic manual physical therapy, which means I did um, a residency and a fellowship, which was about a three year thing. I was like, I think the requirement is 440 hours for my mentor like fellowship. <sighs> But I did more than that because we were having a little too much fun. Um, Holy so, cow. Yeah, yeah. So I did that after PT school. And so while you're working full-time, you, you do all that. And then I also got, got board certified in orthopedic specialist. So between those two certifications, there's only, I believe the last stat I saw was like 440 people or something like that in the U.S. that have both those. those. Wow. And, and they're, they're challenging to keep. Um, and then... I write for the United States Elite Coaching Association every month. I've been doing that for a couple of years now. And um, and then I, I present across the country, and I do education. and um, So basically you have all clients. this free time. Sure. <laughs> Just kidding. That's why yeah. we're drinking coffee while we talk. This yeah. Is, <laughs> do more than one thing at one time. Always. That's why we see eye to eye. It's know, how productive yeah. can we be? It's like, yeah, it's, it's definitely. So basically um, she... Brandy makes it a point to really continue to educate and grow um, and so that she can be, you know, the best for the industry that she's in. Yeah, so everything evolves, though, around what what the next need is and what the next thing is. And um, what's really great about it, though, is that that's how I learn. Like, when I speak and people ask questions and it's those interactions yep. that I learn from them, like, I think listening to people and hearing their troubles and hearing what's going on and starting to just kind of process that. I, I do a lot of observation, like don't tell anyone because then they'll never come to my house for a dinner party. But, <laughs> but, but you know, just observing the human nature and the, and the, the experience, the yeah. human experience of what's happening um, and knowing what's going on with their life and then seeing them move, like just kind of putting it all together as, as we interact, it starts to, you know, I think... The day that I stop asking questions is the day that, like, you should probably just, like, bury me. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, because then life is, like, no fun. Like, if, yeah. I, if I am not inquisitive and I'm not experiencing and enjoying and understanding and, like, um, evolving. Right. Then what's the point? What's the point? No, yeah, I, I agree. Mean, like, what's Growing. What's the point of just being here? So, um. That's my mantra. <laughs> yeah. Grow, 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 grow. grow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but it's through experiences and these like life lessons that we evolve and grow. And so for me, you know, getting, um, you know, out to this workshop in, in Michigan or this workshop here in California or like leading gyms or, um, teaching or having people come in for individual sessions or whatever it is, each thing helps me grow and evolve as a human. Right. But also grow and evolve as a practitioner. Right. And so, you know, when I first started out, I, I was in a pretty much a traditional physical therapy setting and, um, and all of that traditional setup, and I learned a ton, and I got my hands on a ton of people, and that's how I became really good at manipulations and doing yeah. all this hands-on stuff, my diagnostic skills through my fellowship. I mean, I knew I wanted to do that because right. it helped me through my fellow, through, you know, really hone in on my diagnostic skills. And then because I did the specific fellowship I did through the Manual Therapy Institute, 
I actually found Shirley Sarman, who's like a movement guru specialist. I love her. And ah. so she has defined lots of different ways to move and classified them and ways to treat it and really honed in on my eye on movement. And so I did all the coursework I could through her. And then I did some through the functional movement system with Gray Cook. And then I did read and kind of looked into David Butler and the nervous system. And then I also found Alexander Technique, yes. which is... Which we've talked about. <laughs> we've talked about. Yeah, yeah, So it's like I have this like toolbox of uh, really cool tools that I found and then kind of just got really geeky and took lots and lots of, you know, as much information yeah. as I could handle on it um, at the time. And so Alexander Technique... I found um, a teacher here, and then there's been a teacher who comes in from London who really wants me to come for like a month in London, and I wish I could. So someday, it'll all you work out. You can make it happen. <laughs> We're going to have to make it happen. Um, but yeah, every time she comes to the States, I do like a week or two weeks with her. Um, and I've been to California for a couple weeks uh, and did some like training through there. Um, so I'm not an instructor. I'm not, um, I've just taken a lot of their, like a lot of classes. Yep. And so Alexander Technique, though, is, um, it was probably, so Shirley Sarman, the fellowship program gave me lots of foundation on diagnostics and manipulations and a detailed, like, anatomy and how all of these things work, and it gave me an introduction into the world of the nervous system, an introduction into the world of movement system impairment, and then I started following those tracks, and Shirley Sarman, the movement impairment system, really gave me a defined, like, detail, like, looking at how people are moving mm -hmm. and interacting with their body. And then in the process, I found Alexander Technique kind of at the same time that I had this other aha moment about the nervous system. And so Alexander Technique is interesting because it's all about awareness. Yes. <laughs> it's all about, like, your body and your body's reaction to the world around you. Yes and how your body physically reacts. And once you've drawn attention to your physical reactions, you start to draw attention to the emotional reactions and what's happening more energetically inside you. Yes. Even though most Alexander teachers may not go as far to talk about the emotions and the energetics inside. Um, actually, <laughs> the ones I work with too. <laughs> so some don't, some do. But um, then you start to connect to like, what's the driving factor to why do I hold tension in the back of my neck and get this headache? Why is it that my shoulders are always rounded forward? Mm. Um, why is it when I get into this one meeting with this one person <laughs> or it's my spouse, like at seven o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> spouse, nine o'clock at night, Wednesday night. <laughs> why is it that I always get this tension in this one place and then we end up in an argument, right? Right. Um, or that interaction didn't go as well as we want, or I had this whole meeting planned out and totally diverted from it. Right. And now my headache is killing me and my back hurts or you know, all these things. So, Which is something that everyone experiences. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. We're not human unless we have to experience, like we experience those. Totally. So side note here, since Brandy and I recorded this episode, I had some overwhelming emotion regarding... Uh, something very personal to me, and I'm not ready to share that yet, but I reached out to her because I was being really reactive and impulsive, and I was having an overwhelming sense of emotion, and she helped guide me to kind of take a step back, and 
I did a 20-minute meditation session, and it's a video that she has given to me previously, and I've done it multiple times, but she said, you know, have you meditated on it? Have you really sat down and really thought about it and and really forgiven yourself and for the, the people that you're upset with? And, you know, I was like, no, I really haven't. And so I spent the 20 minutes, and I went from being very upset to being at peace with everything, and it's crazy how important it is to be able to take a step back and really um, just remove the intensity from a situation and from yourself and just allow your body to breathe. And that's something that, you know, that she'll dive into and talk a little bit more about in the episode. But I wanted it, I wanted to share that with y'all that, you know, this is something that like, I'm actively working on and that she's helping me with. And if I can help be that person for you, like I would love to because it has just been absolutely life-changing for me. So it starts to draw attention um, and kind of the main concepts are um, to learn awareness, then to learn inhibition, and then to learn direction. So awareness is, I'm getting tight here. Okay, so inhibition is, I choose not to. Mm. I'm going to let go. Direction is I want my spine to go upward and be long. So then you can change the direction of your movement. Well, when we there's lots of studies that show that they actually took people and they had good posture and they gave them little self-efficacy surveys and mm-hmm. they said, oh, I feel great. They were very confident and self-worthy and right. self-value and all of these things were high right. with good posture. And then they made the good posture people have bad posture for a certain amount of time. I don't remember what it was. And then they had them fill out the same survey and it all went to crap. <laughs> they were like, they had um, lower self-esteem, lower self-confidence, lower self-worth and self-value um, scores. on Which makes sense. Surveys. So... Um, the, there's a correlation in yeah. the research of posture and emotional well-being or health. Mm-hmm. Well, so the converse can happen, and they also studied that. People with bad posture, and they taught them good posture, and with good posture over time, their self-confidence went up and self-efficacy, their job performance, etc., went up. Their performance in testing I feel like everyone right now that's listening is like trying to like sit up more. Yeah, they're like driving in their car or they're like sitting on their couch (laughs) and they're like, oh, I need to sit up more. How's my posture doing? (laughs) And as I sit here and I'm slumped over, like engaged listening to you. Yeah, but she just started sitting up taller too. Yeah, um, (laughs) I I do that on people. People like are constantly trying to fix their posture around me. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Yes, yes, I'm watching you. I'm watching your shoulders pull back (laughs) and slump over. That's funny. But um, yeah, so... So that being said, um, with Alexander Technique, um, you're bringing in awareness Mm -hmm. and then you make a conscious choice to inhibit or let go of these physical things. So it's much easier. Sometimes we're very physical, human nature, primal, like physical. So it's easier to make physical changes at first and be aware of the physical body. Yep. Um, And so that's the first thing is to create inhibition and then choose a different direction. Okay, so if you do this enough and you become more and more aware of your physical body, guess what starts to evolve with it? The emotional body yeah. and the mental body, right? Yeah. So I, you know, so I, I'm going to bring up the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, and then, oh, the faux pas, the spiritual body, right? <laughs> <laughs> the faux pas. Yeah. Oh, so many people don't want to talk about it. Like, it's like a... Um, politically incorrect to talk about spirituality, I guess, like in the, in the like medical world, 
Yeah, yeah, because medical, everything is just like so very scientific. So here you'll see the conversation shifts a little bit and we kind of transition into talking about how gymnastics made both of us um, a little bit more of a rigid person just because of how intense it was and how much we strive to be perfect. And so this is where the conversation transitions more to understanding the different types of meditation and ways that Brandy has um, enlightened my life into uh, the calming of my, my brain and my body and my mind and my neurons and all of that jazz. It's interesting. So I, I too, you know, given all the structure that we had, like, and being so type A, like to get all of our stuff done and to, you know, be the, the all A student we had to be and right. like, you know, perfect in gymnastics and perfect here. And then, you know, have this perfect, you know, whatever we had to have in front of the whole world. Um, we, we were, I was very rigid too, you know, until I found meditation, um, through, uh, pranic, you know, through twin hearts. Um, when I, when I found meditation through twin hearts, um, it was like October, 2016. Um, and then all of a sudden my brain started becoming more pliable and yeah. then r- rigidity started to, ri- you know, to kind of just subside yep. and I started kind of going with the flow and, um, one thing that uh, the founder of um, Twin Hearts, who made up Twin Hearts, um, Master Shokosui, he says is that um, you must be like the river and flow around the rocks, right? Mm. And that it's <laughs> it's when we try to like butt our heads against the rocks that we end up getting headaches, right? Yep. Like, and stress and all of these things. And then also kind of this transition of forming the idea that some of those rocks are not boulders mm. in my way. They're stepping stones. Right. And I may not completely understand why that rock is there and how I got diverted into a different direction. But in the end, once you get further down the path, you start to go, oh, had that not happened... I would not have found this, and if right. I hadn't found this, I wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't have this, and now I'm right. where I want to be. Right. It's like God has a better plan than I ever could have come made up with. Right. So why stress about it every day? <laughs> right. No, that's what is what is the one thing I when I wanted to bring this up when we were talking is the one thing that like I I think I probably think about it every day that you said to me that's like Brandy in the back of my head. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of people with that. I'm sorry. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of brandies everywhere in but, people's heads. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things that you said was like, wh- whose will needs to be stronger, your will or God's will? And I was like, oh, I have a pretty darn strong will. Like, <laughs> I know that my will is like, I, and you were like, you, do you like to will things into place? And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, me and my mother both. Like, if we have a plan, like, her and I are going to make it happen regardless of what rocks we bump into on the river. Like, we will, if we need to veer left, we are going to veer left regardless of what current takes us to the right. Yeah, so, yeah, it I, It was funny because it was kind of a rhetorical question. I was just waiting to see if you were there yet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But now I think about it every day and I'm like, is this my will or is this the universe's will, the God's will? Like, whatever you believe in, like, is yeah. it, is it... Are you willing this into place or is is this what's supposed to be happening? Like, are you right. allowing the current to take you? Right. You yeah. can try to swim upstream. Like, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. And you might, yeah. a few of you might make it. <laughs> but it's a lot easier, um, you know, to go with the flow and let the flow guide you. But if you're really open to 
whatever your you know some people it's a higher power some people it's God the universe whatever it is that you feel is guiding you if you're open to that and you're listening um, then everything flows so much easier yeah and that was the the song Thy Will by Hillary Scott because she talks about like is it my will or is it the higher will yeah and when it's the higher will everything just falls into place my will tends to get in the way it does. And I've, I'm and learning create that. create more, more pain and suffering, like yeah. unnecessary, right? Because you have to think about though, so we'll bring it back to like the mind, the body, the, the so the, the mental body, the emotional body, the physical body, yeah. the spiritual body, right? So um, in the process of all this, all these things I've taken, Alexander Technique and starting to gain more awareness mm-hmm. of um, the physical body and seeing the emotional changes that start to begin to happen, um, I also at the same time what had... Um, there were about five athletes at the time that I had been seeing for a long time. This was like probably our second or third season together. And every season, the same thing kept happening. I kept seeing the same patterns. So insert, take away athlete, insert business person, mm-hmm. insert stay home mom, yeah. insert whatever. We all have these patterns where like, I don't know, it could be anything from a big business meeting to a venture to it could be having another child to during the busy Christmas season for all the stay-at-home moms who have to like, who have all these kids that they're rushing around everywhere and they're fulfilling all these requirements that have been put. Right. Um, or all the way to, uh, you know, just the, the stress of maybe being around certain family members or et cetera. So noticing... That with these guys, um, they kept, like, as the season would progress, so as in the events would become more and more stressful because there's more and more stress or tension or success or fear of failure or whatever being put into the situation, they would get tighter and tighter, like, objectively at measuring ranges of motion, and they're getting tighter and tighter. We'd fix it in one session, and then they come back, and they'd get tight again, and and like I could take their measurements from the year before or the year before, and it was progressively like trending the same every single time. And it wasn't just one body part. It would be like both ankles, both wrists. And at they started noticing the same complaints, right? So this is the whole like listening and experiencing and kind of letting wow. people guide me. So I started noticing like they're all having the same complaints. They're all type A, a kids. They're all perfectionists. They're all all A students. Um... They're all like super critical of themselves and not necessarily have the best self-talk. Um, and the thing that's really funny is like none of them had like pressure parents. They huh. just were very driven and very, want to guess, willful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, what is going on? And then they would all test. So in the world of physical therapy, we have certain tests to look at the nervous system and yeah. to look at what we call neural tension. So tension along the nervous system. And basically, I found that they all had this neural tension and it just get progressively, progressively worse and worse. And um, several of them were always sick at one point or another during season. Mm-hmm. And then one of them, her mom would always say, she's sick the entire season, every season. Right, like, always. We just think she has allergies. I was like, okay, have you ever had her tested? And she's like, no, I think we'll do that at the end of the season. I'm like, okay. So, when, when her body finally relaxes again. <laughs> yeah. So um, they, uh, so it's interesting. So I'm, I'm seeing all these things. I'm seeing this nervous system, and I'm starting to connect the mind 
and the nervous system. And I started doing a ton of research on fight, flight, or freeze. And uh. there's a whole psychological field of research um, through somatic expressioning. Um, there's all kinds of different like worlds in the psychology world that are looking at fight, flight, and freeze. Yeah. And noticing that we're all kind of living in it. <laughs> like things that should not be stressful are stressful. <laughs> we have things going on here. But like, you know, um, losing your cell phone should not create like a panic attack. And it does. And people have road rage everywhere and there's anger and all kinds of things happening all across our world. Um, we have, you know, just people don't know how to get along. Like, like the people are on edge at almost all moments. Yes. And so they're starting to find that like most of us are living in a state of fight, flight, or freeze, which means that our sympathetic nervous system is turned on. And that's the nervous system that if there was a tiger chasing me, I would run really fast in order to get away from it. Or I'd play dead because I might survive if I plead dead, right? And that's the primitive brain, which means that there's not any logic going on. It's mm. very primal. It's survival. Survival. Right. I and talk s- about that. It's like I've, I've switched, I feel like, from surviving to living. So that's what I've watched you do. Right. That's part of what we did with like the essential oils and with meditation and with the movement and everything. All Our entire process of treating you is was to calm the nervous system yeah because you were in fight flight or freeze yes your body had decided that i might die right and like there's another book i believe it's called like uh, the body keeps count or something like that and the point is is that the body the body the brain the nervous system really it's the nervous system doesn't really care whether it's you getting hit by another car or um, something you know traumatic happening to you, very violent, or you thinking that you're going to fail a test. It's all the same. It's to all it. the same. Like mm, the body is just—it's a nervous it's system response. response, right? And in the the world of somatic expressioning, um, Peter Levine talks about how the body holds trauma, and so trauma can be perceived trauma. So losing your cell phone—we've all done it. Who freaks out? A lot of people. Yeah. Do. Right. Um, being late to an appointment. How many people super freak out? How many people have accidentally ran a red light or a stop sign when late to get somewhere? Right. It happens all the time. Um, that is like a fight, flight, or freeze response. You're in primal mode to try to get somewhere, and you're not in your logical mind driving. <laughs> Which is probably why like 90% of wrecks happen. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but the point that Peter Levine talks about is that it's perceived trauma. So it could be an actual traumatic event, right? Um, Something violent or something that actually happened to you. And if that has happened to someone in the past, which is a high percentage of people, one in three women are sexually abused, one in two are harassed. If any of those events are considered trauma, because it's interesting, because you could actually, and I've seen this, actually go through those events and not perceive them as trauma. If they're not perceived by the brain or the nervous system as trauma, then they don't have all the residuals of the trauma. Interesting. But if it's perceived by the brain as trauma, and if it's not allowed to be released from the body, then the nervous system can hold this energy of the fight, flight, or freeze, and then you're kind of on edge. Yes. And it's just a low level of edge that can be released at the slightest thing. 
your husband put the bread on the counter instead of in the bread box. Right. Or for the those that listen, throw, throw away the sticks left over from your wedding and that were in a trash bag. Like, and I exploded. I talked about that on well, the last episode. I, yeah. I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. yeah I talk about how like I literally put sticks into a trash bag and I exploded when he threw them away. Uh-huh. And I, even to this day, I'm like, I don't even know where those sticks would be used to decorate my house anyway. But like at the moment, like my yeah. best friend was living at us, living with us and like watched this whole thing go down. And she was like, wow, that was like really unnecessary. <laughs> that was quite intense. over sticks right but so but that describes it right because when you were in the middle of it it felt like a really big deal oh it was a huge deal (laughs) yeah so but that's an upregulated sympathetic nervous system right right oh I can look back at all these things that I did where I'm like oh my gosh I was just on edge yeah and so when I was doing all this research was what we're finding is like so you have you take in a stimulus let's say it goes through the eyes or the ears or any of our senses right but let's say eyes so it comes in through the eyes goes from the eyes to the thalamus. The thalamus is the part of the brain that's like the shut-off valve. It's Mm. the main valve, right? And from the thalamus, it's supposed to go to the part of the brain that logically processes it. So if it's coming through the eyes, it goes to the, um, oh my gosh, (laughs) to the cortex in the brain that processes the the vision. And so, um, and if you hear it, it goes to the auditory cortex and et cetera. So, the cortex is the part of the brain that makes logical decisions. So it mm. takes in the sensory input and says, how should I react, right? Okay. And then once it's been processed by the brain, it goes back, it goes down to the amygdala, which is the part of the brain that like kind of like a little splitter and everything goes down to the body. And then from there, it goes to the body and you get emotions and actions. Okay. Okay. So, and this is all well known in the world of psychology. So emotions and actions, what does that mean to a physical therapist? Okay, well, emotions sometimes come with a pattern of physical movement. Uh, Tension in the back of the neck, tightening of the wrist, tightening of the feet, tightening in the low back, right? Yep. Um, In my case, the hips. (laughs) Or the hips, yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's a really common place, the hip flexors. Um, The diaphragm, right? When the diaphragm tightens up, you don't get your central stability system working. Right. If the central stability system's not working, then you get hip flexors overworking, like... Um, we have this balance of movement that has to occur. And so um, every muscle is fired by a nerve. Yep. Well, where's the information come from the nerves? From the, the brain. brain. Yeah. So I'm like making all these connections, right? And um, the, what was the other side of that? Oh, so it has to go through the amygdala. So here's the other thing I discovered in this process. Is there something called amygdala hijack? Have you ever done something where you like had to apologize later? Like maybe the sticks? Yeah, or like <laughs> like so many things in my life. Right. So, so many. So an example of this would be road rage, like people that just flip out, right? Um, or just saying something like, just like it comes out of your mouth. Right. And you have, like as you're saying it, you're like. <laughs> yeah, you're like trying to suck it back in. <laughs> or afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you end up having to apologize for it. So that is an autopilot response. And it's basically that same little pathway except... You skip the cortex part. You go from, say, your eyes into the thalamus, and then it goes straight to the amygdala and straight down to the body to reaction with no logical or critical processing. Interesting. Okay. And it's called amygdala hijack, and it happens quite often in the world. And if this happens multiple over and over and over, you start to develop an auto response to certain stimulus. So you actually can get stimulated, say, I don't know. 
Like maybe it's a specific topic or a specific scenario with a certain person. Um, and then you get in these auto responses where you get just angry every time you're around that person. Yeah. Or every time they bring up a certain topic, you have some people it might be tears, some people it might be anger, some people it might be frustration. Um, another behavior may be just avoidance. Like, mm. And so you develop these patterns over and over because the brain is just like training a muscle. You have pathways. Right. If you, the more you use those pathways, the more trained they get. So um, I'm like thinking about all this. I'm seeing my athletes and I've seen these athletes that like deer in headlights. Like coaches talk about athletes who like train one way in the gym and then they show up at the meet and they like completely different athlete. Right. right. They end up in this response, the fight, fight, or freeze, or like they end up amygdala hijack, like like they're not even present. Right. But this happens to all of us. Like an athlete's just an easy way to look at it, but it happens to all of us in different aspects of our lives and of the world. And so this all got me thinking. <laughs> and I'm like, how can I address the nervous system? How can I calm this system down? So I yeah. started playing with all these different tools and all these things. This is before I found meditation. And then in the process of all this, I was like, you know, I think I do some of this too. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, self-reflecting. Like, I'm like, I am definitely in this. <laughs> and so in the end, I end up finding meditation, um, the meditation on twin hearts with Master Choko Sui. Yep. And um, I discovered there's research on it, and they actually found that um, people who do twin hearts actually reach the same brain waves as Tibetan monks who, who have meditated all their life. Wow. So the like Zen that everyone's looking for, right? Like um, the quietness, the stillness, you're actually able to reach those same brain waves with twin hearts and for some time afterwards. And the more you do twin hearts, the more you reach those levels faster and the more you start to sustain those levels of brain function. Then there's all this research showing that how meditation actually helps to calm the amygdala. So when they look at someone and they are looking at activity in the brain and someone's having an emotional response or they're in a stressful environment, the amygdala will be highly activated because mm. it's sending. It's, it's just sending overdrive, it's like overworking. Yeah. Yeah. And so they measured basically during meditation and after meditation and people have been meditating for long periods, they actually have a less reactive amygdala. So it's calmer. It's not acting and firing as often or as much. And um, when they, like, the, let's say the stimulus before was losing your cell phone. Yeah. Now the stimulus has to be greater. Like, for instance, a death in the family. Mm. Right? And so they found that they actually have a greater threshold and they need what they call less resources for emotional resources. Um, being that the amygdala is more regulated because they've been meditating. So meditation does a whole lot of things for your nervous system because it's calming that loop. And you feel great. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. life starts getting easier. The, the the And that's part of what you started feeling like when... So when Abby came in, um, I didn't know what the appointment was about. <laughs> and, and we start talking. And I, we talked for how long? Probably 45 minutes. Yeah, I think it was like an hour and 15 minute session. And we yeah. talked 45 minutes. Yeah. And you left here feeling great after 30 yeah. minutes. Right? So, <laughs> But the point was is that we had to get through that 45 minutes of what was going on in your life. Yeah. Put all the pieces together. 
And, and some of it was, you know, needing to be a sounding board, needing to let you let it out. Like, what did you say? Ver- verbal? Oh, word vomit? Word vomit. Yeah, yeah, word vomit. <laughs> Letting it all out. That's part of it. But then um, the other part is, you know, me getting a clear picture of what was going on. And, and you know, we tested some things for your nervous system and how tight it was and gave you some objective measures. Because I think that as humans, we like to have something to measure ourselves with. Like, yes. am I making progress or not? Right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Although with the stuff the that you taught me, you can feel it. Yeah. Like you don't, if you are in tune with it, you can feel it. You don't have to like really truly measure it, but it does help to like, no, you were like having me stretch and I would like barely be able to move. And then by the end of it, I'd be like, oh, I'm on a cloud. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like, um, when, but when you came in, um, do you remember the fog you were kind of in? Yes. Yes. And then. I gave you twin hearts. Yes. And I gave you a forgiveness meditation. Yes. Because, um, so it's funny, it's like before I found the forgiveness meditation, I thought forgiveness was for everyone else. Like I thought I was forgiving other people because, you know, that made them feel better. Right. <laughs> that's so funny. But no. 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 <laughs> no, that's not what forgiveness is for. It's for you. Self. Yeah. It's for self because you have to forgive yourself, you have to forgive them, and let go of the anger and resentment, because the only person that's hurting is you. you. And so, this may sound woo-woo <laughs> and be Eastern, however, if I'm angry and resentful, what's happening to my nervous system? Well, that's already proven. The neurochemicals in the brain are doing something very different, and they're they're upregulating the sympathetic nervous system, and you're yes. getting this fight, fight, or freeze, because you think you have to fight. Right. It's a battle. and that person may not even be in your life anymore like so you're battling with yourself internally creating this upregulated nervous system yeah and then you're like why does my back hurt all the time i gotta stop doing crossfit why do i have this knot in the central of my back all of the time (laughs) yeah like yeah like i'm holding all this anger and resentment but it's like yeah why is this hurt and it must be my computer or it's my cell phone or it's how i sit in my car and I'm not saying that those things aren't contributing factors. And I spent many years working on just that, right? Right, And right. getting pretty good results, sure. right? Because I'm pretty good at that part of it. But there was still a percentage of people that were... Well, that's the other thing. Is I know it's like, they're still coming back. Right. <laughs> if I was really doing, like, fixing them, then if they I wouldn't... If really fix them, why would they come back? Right. And why would they come back with some of the same joint dysfunctions or the same measurements or the same problems? And why is there this pattern of movement that keeps mm-hmm. coming back? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started realizing, because it's not just a pattern of movement, it's a pattern of behavior, it's a pattern mm. of emotion, it's a pattern of the nervous, nervous system. system. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we started working on the sympathetic nervous system, the fight, flight, or freeze response, calming this, and replacing it with all the all that the sports psychology in the, in the psychology world has already told us to do. I am affirmations. I am strong. I am healthy. I right. am, you know, I am successful. What what do we got? I I can't remember what all we had. Oh gosh. <laughs> I kind of think it depended on the it week. De- it depends on the week, depends yeah. on the time, depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like replacing it with like getting rid of the mental monkeys through meditation, which is by the research, calming the amygdala, calming the, the yeah. whole reactive response. And when we calm that, we calm the physical body response. 
And then when we have those all calm and then and the emotional response starts to calm, then then it's easier to move your body. And then it's easier to choose because you're in a more logical state. You have less fog in the brain. Right. It's more clear. The neural chemicals are functioning in the right way so that you can clearly stay in your prefrontal cortex, the front of the brain, the human brain that makes critical decisions. And you can start to become aware and keep the awareness. Like I found that the meditation, I needed the meditation first in order to find awareness. Right, right, yep. I think that a certain amount of the fog has to lift before us to find the awareness. Yes. And then once you find the awareness and you continue with the meditation, things start becoming clearer. Yes. And then you start making different choices. And you start deciding what you want. And when the neurochemicals are functioning well and the brain is functioning well, the, the world is your limit. You know, yeah. like you, because then, then, then the physical body can move and heal and, <clears throat> and you can achieve whatever. Yeah, physical, grow, yeah, develop. Yeah. And you can, you can achieve whatever physical that may be. It could be getting back to CrossFit, getting back to life, coming back post baby, right? Like, yeah. All of those things. That's the physical side of it. But if you don't... It's not that it can't be somewhat addressed without dealing with this other stuff, but I find it so much more effective and much more long-lasting. I mean, I don't really care to have a Ferrari. I'm not a Ferrari kind of girl, so I don't need you to keep coming back to me a thousand times for the rest of your life, right? Right. Like, I want to... Now, life is not perfect, so do I anticipate that we have a long-lasting relationship? I hope so. Yeah, like, me too. You know, Shirley Sermon, um, one of my mentors, thinks we should be birth-to-death practitioners. And I agree. Yeah. That doesn't mean you see me three times a week. Matter of fact, did you ever see me three times a week? No. Sometimes <laughs> um, it was every other week. Sometimes it was every three weeks. Like it was every just, four weeks, Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, because it's... I, I'm here to, like, be a guide. I'm yeah. just here to help you put the puzzle pieces together, because... I have other people to put my puzzle pieces together. Right. Like, that's that's the truth of it. I can't even put my own puzzle pieces together. It's, well, you just need that help. Well, no, but we're too in it. Right, right. You have why to have the outside. Expect, why would you expect we could? Right. You know, like, it's too emotional. It's too, like, you know, it's too, you're in it. You have one view. So, yeah, you have one view, one perspective. And right. so you need someone on the outside, and sometimes you need more than one someone. Right. Well, and that's where you helped me. So I remember it was either the first or the second time we sat down and you said, look, like I'm one aspect. Like if this is your starting point, like I am one of six different things that you need to be doing. We need to look at your diet. We need to be look at your you know, exercise. You do need to be talking to someone like I can I can help get you there. But like I am not a trained therapist yeah. and you know I we can talk through this and we can relate, but you're going to have to go that route as well. And so I started looking and I'm like, OK, if I'm going to do this. I'm going to start here, but like, I'm going to look at all the other aspects of my life and look at the other five pieces that I'm not working on and see how I can bring all of those together make sure I'm sleeping well, which by the way, meditation feeds off of sleep because if you're meditated, you're calm, your nervous system's calm. It's easier and faster for you to fall asleep. You get into a deeper sleep. You need less sleep because you're, you're the amount that you're sleeping is better. I mean, like it all feeds around <laughs> each other. Right. 
And, and, that's, and you did discover this after we got you meditating, right? That your oh, because I remember your sleep was really it was crappy. It was horrible. Well, and I was I was just coming out of the like baby not sleeping through the night phase, and he had just started sleeping, and so it's like all of this just perfectly fell into place, and it all happened when it was supposed to. And then I started seeing a therapist and you combined with her, like you were literally both saying the exact same thing to me. And (laughs) yeah, it's funny how that happens from the outside perspective. And like, that's when I, that's, that's where this idea of this podcast came from. And I was like, people need to know that like an outside perspective of getting help and like seeking, you know, others trained professionals help. Like it's not something to be judged on. It's not a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. It's just a way to continue to like better yourself. We go and we pay bukus of dollars to work out every month, but we don't pay for our brain body to be healthy. Like it's so weird. It's so ass backwards. Like (laughs) it totally is like, it's weird. It was, you know, it, it's really weird. Like, because we go to the, you know, we go to the doctor for women well check once, yeah. once or once, twice a year. Once, once a year, year get our teeth checked on it twice, twice a year. year. Yeah. So people get their teeth checked more than their brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but their what? teeth and their, their lady parts more than their brain. <laughs> like, but, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, in that, and that's so funny to me, like, um, and this whole, like, I'm really happy to see this movement that mental health is starting to get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because it is the key, like it's the driving component to everything. Like nothing functions without the brain. Like, you know, um, I remember we, we tell our little kids, I have a four-year-old and I tell her all the time, Where, where's your helmet? Like she knows not to get on her scooter or her bike without a helmet. Right. We've never had knee pads. We've never had the elbow. Belt. We have some kids around here that do. But, and no offense to you, but, but I, but as a movement person, I want her to move. Right. right. Like I right. don't want restriction. Okay. Um, and if she falls over, she needs to learn from that fall. Right. right? Yeah. And, and, and that means that maybe she is or isn't ready for that skill. Right. 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 So I want her to feel it. It's like taking a painkiller before you go work out. You won't know if you, yeah. you know, so she sure. has to be able to like do it. But the one thing she has to have is her helmet. Right. And why do we tell her that? I go, well, you, God gave you one brain. You got to take care of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and what's so funny is we all say that. We all say that. But we don't. But no one takes care of their brain. No, no. Like, the constitution of taking care of your brain is like wearing a helmet when you play football or you get on a motorcycle. Like, that's it. Right. Like, there's... Well, I also think that, like, <laughs> people... People turn to other things to quote take care of their brain and like and maybe don't realize that they're yes doing that. and yeah. and they not only do they do that but what happens is is they're it's masking it like that's right. the beauty of meditation and 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 really taking control of your emotion yeah. is that like you are fixing it like you yeah. are you're correcting it. So I just want to chime in really quick. We start transitioning and talking about uh, using medication to. Uh, help heal the mind and get the mind right. And I just want to make sure that it is stated that we are not against using medicine that's prescribed by a doctor. And quite frankly, I personally am right now. And that's been part of me um, working on my mind is also having supplements that um, can help me get there. And so I, you know, I wanted to talk about how meditation is a natural healer, but there's also Um, You know, if you do agree with seeing a doctor and and going the medical route, you know, there's also a component to that that does exist as long as you handle it in a responsible manner. Um, So this this section of the conversation is not to uh, feel like we're judging anyone because I, too, um, am using medicine to to help uh, heal my mind. But I just wanted to make sure that everyone understood that this is more just how 
there are these things that can help, but there are also things that can mask uh, healing of the the mind and the soul. And then there is meditation, which actually does the healing. Let's address what some of those things are, right? Like, so, I mean, caffeine. Ca- oh, that's a, that's huge, a one. huge one. I'm sure everyone sugar. can relate to that. Sugar. Caffeine, sugar, those are the most acceptable ones. Alcohol. Alcohol, which drug, is probably a really use. like closet one that everyone does but doesn't want to admit to. Right. Yeah. I got stressed, so I drank two glasses of wine tonight. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> so like, uh, and then, you know, cigarettes. Yep. And then drug Tobacco, use. Drug right? use. Yep. Um, a prescription drug use in this country is out the roof mm-hmm. of all ages. All ages. I think, I mean, I'll tell a personal anecdote. I, I am prescribed Xanax from my doctor to help me sleep because it was like, you know, postpartum dealing with all of that. And I don't, I mean, I think I've taken it once or twice in the last like three or four months. Like, right. and we had I that meditate. Yeah, well, we had that conversation. You know, sometimes yes. sleeping pills or like an aid may be something that's necessary for a short period of time. To get you. But it's a band-aid. Right. Like the question in lies because all of those drugs um, create false neurochemical Correct. connections yes. in the brain, yes. trying to make the brain do what it's not doing for itself. Right. ADHD drugs, like all of those, right? And they have their place. Yeah. They have their place. Like I am not against that. That's I mean, Western and Eastern meets together. Like right. it's not. Um, they all have their place, and I am. I don't prescribe drugs. I don't take people off drugs. That's not my place. But, and I do recognize and respect because I've been on those kind of drugs at one point or another. Sure. And, but the key concept though is asking yourself, wh- why, what else is there? Like, what, wh- doing that introspective part. Like, um, like I have gymnasts, you know, wearing a brace, right? A physical brace. I'm like, well, if you're wearing a physical brace, you should be also doing exercises or therapy to improve it. So the same thing with, um, you know, drug use. The question is, is like, you know, and, and you may still need it. Like, I'm not saying that you're not. But the question that we have to ask ourselves is, is there something I can do to help with my own brain chemistry to a certain... What is my ability, right? Yes. And it may be that... Because um, I've seen a lot of people end up with decreasing dosages of drugs that they've been on for many, many years right. when they began to meditate. I've seen some people come off of their drugs underneath the guidance of a doctor, right? Um... But not everyone comes off their drugs, but some do. But it's because of what meditation can do for the neurochemicals and getting the brain doing its own job and regulating the the amygdala and the emotional centers in the brain and helping lift the fog of of neurochemicals that aren't necessarily, you know, um, serving us. Yeah. (laughs) They're just putting us on edge all the time. Yeah, like I I talk about... Like, looking back, like, I had a really crappy memory. I didn't have a crappy memory. I wasn't living, like, in the moment, and I had the fog. And the fog was was overshadowing and clouding my ability to, like, really soak in everything that was going on around me. So now I look back at, like, my last four months of life, and I'm like, I could tell you so much what happened, like, day to day, and I can, like, relive a lot of those moments, whereas, like, much far before that, which, granted, I was in, like, postpartum fog of not sleeping and dealing with a newborn, but, like, even before that, like, I still was, it, it was surviving, and it was you know, making it to the next day instead of just like living and being in the moment. But in order to do that, people say, oh, live in the moment, be in the moment. But it's like, if you, if you're not there mentally and physically, you can't, like you can't be in, you can't just just tell yourself, just be present. Like, but that's what our society does. Yeah, it's true. And it's like, whoa, take a back, like take a step back. Like, look at like, how, how do you get there? 
That's like throwing somebody out in the ocean and just saying, swim! Good luck, swim! Yeah. Like you've never swam before. <laughs> You'll be fine. Ride the wave in. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a tide, too. There's a current. Watch out for that. Check out the undertow. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, that's just, but you're right. It's true because, um, you know, uh, it really is um, to ask someone to function like, okay, you be present, you be aware, you think about this, you think about that. Their neurochemicals are firing in this fight, fight or freeze, sympathetic nervous system's upregulated, and you're asking them to come out of the primal brain, like the hind brain where they're working, right? to the prefrontal cortex. It's really hard. Yeah. Like, that's like, because that, of the brain chemistry, what's going on. So if you can change, which is why in the Western world, people get medicine and stuff and will get a turnaround, right? Because then the medicine will change the neurochemicals and help to lift the fog. People have experienced that, like, yeah. you know, with medication. Yeah, I think you've experienced yeah, it, Yeah, right? I did. Yeah. It lifts the fog. Yes. And it gets you through, right? Yes. Um, and sometimes that's a the transition people need to, like, start something or whatnot, but medication meditation is just like medication yeah <laughs> you could literally use them interchangeably you really could I mean um yes and no I well mean, in the sense of like how it can affect you yeah like it can because I mean it changes the neurochemicals in the response and um really the research is on um as little as 20 minutes of meditation four times a week um, and so as little as 20 minutes of meditation four times a week can change your brain chemistry and deregulate the sympathetic nervous system response, upregulate the rest and recovery response, which is called the para- parasympathetic response, and calm down that amygdala in the emotional center. And, <clears throat> and then down the chain it goes to your, you know, once this brain is regulated, now you're down the chain with improved emotional responses. You're not reacting to sticks being thrown into a trash sack. Um, you're not reacting to, you know, uh, your husband or your kids didn't fill the ice trays. Right. The dishes right. were left out, whatever, you know. Um, you're not reacting to those emotional reactions. And then your physical body is holding less tension. Right. And you end up with inc- improved range of motion and freedom of movement. Now, if you've had these patterns for a long time, there's some physical body work that needs to be done. And likely if your nervous system has had this issue and or if you've had coping mechanisms like sugar and maybe processed foods yeah. and other things like that, then your gut flora has taken a hit. And guess what your gut flora affects? 95% of serotonin is made in the gut. Wow. There's a hundred billion, hundred billion or hundred million. I think it's a hundred million neurons from the esophagus all the way down to the rectum. Wow. And so they're actually finding the human gut biome, the flora, yeah. um, affects your nervous system just as much as the brain. Mm-hmm. So that's where, like, we talked about eating and nutrition and right. supplementation with omegas and other yep. other things um, to help also lift this fog. Yeah. So the thing is, is meditation in combination with nutrition, in combination with exercise, combination of getting body work done, whether it be physical therapy, massage. I, as a you know physical therapist, am slightly biased because I also feel like you have to retrain the movement patterns because sure. the patterns have been geared towards this response that you've had forever in the nervous system. It's a bad habit. It's a bad habit. So it just becomes the path of least resistance. I checked. I think you came in the front door when you came in, not the wall, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> Why did you take the front door, Abby? Oh, I don't know, because maybe that's how you enter. Because <laughs> it's easier, yeah. right? Like, so it was the path of least resistance Resistant. coming through the front door. That's the same thing with our body. Like, the nervous system has a path of least resistance. And yeah. if you've, over time, created this, like, fight, fight, or freeze response as a path of least resistance, that's the direction you'll take. If you can change it through meditation or, you know, maybe you've done some medication or other things, but if you change it, then you get a new pathway, but you have to keep ingraining that pathway. Otherwise, they'll go back down the old path. Now, the physical body has the same thing. The physical body has, in response to this nervous system, certain muscles overwork, other muscles underwork, right. certain joints get stiff, other muscles get too loose, other joints get too loose. And so um, you have to kind of retrain that pathway too. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, a little bit of, you know, taking care of the whole body, mm-hmm. looking at the whole person standing in front of me instead of looking at a diagnosis. Like yep. Abby's coming to me for back pain or hip pain. Like, well, but why? Yeah, where is this coming from? Right? Yeah. And so then, I mean, because I think I looked at it. We've seen each other like five sessions yeah, or four five, sessions. Five or six, I think. Five or six sessions yeah. over that three, four-month yeah. period. Yeah, yeah. And how's life doing? How's how's your hips and your back? I mean, so I had I, the past two weeks have been really, really stressful. Like they were really intense weeks, for, and I knew they were going to be. Like I, my schedule was just crazy. And last night, I like spent a solid amount of time just like, like I I'm about to head into another like a lot of events and things going on with the business, and so I was like. I've got to like make sure my mind stays right. And last night I spent like 30 minutes just like on the floor meditating and stretching and doing some yoga poses. I think my head hit the pillow and I, I like fell asleep. Like I, it was what I needed. And those recharges and being able, I, I think also it's those recharges, but it's also being aware, like the awareness and like the ability to change bad habits, whether that's mentally, physically, muscles, whatever. Like I can feel it. Like I know when I'm doing this, like in my, so, sorry, I'm so pointing, she's pointing to her neck. My upper neck is like where my, my upper neck, my upper back and neck is where I always carry my stress and my anxiety. And like, I feel it. And like, I will feel myself sitting at my computer driving with my shoulders up. And I'm like, deep breath, Abby, <sighs> like let the shoulders down. Like you're, you're creating this like tenseness with your body and taking five deep breaths. Like people talk about that, but they don't talk about like the actual, like, chemical reaction that happens in your body when you do that like it's not just five deep breaths because you just need to breathe like it's five deep breaths because that's how your body needs needs that time to respond and to like the brain to function correctly I don't know so like all of that I mean I'm no not by any means perfect at this and I still have a long way to go to to keep practicing and stuff but it's been life-changing life-changing for sure I've seen you change I mean the thing is is that um, so, so, so we'll think, we'll keep working on that thought process that there's an actual perfect or an actual no, yeah. end. <laughs> Hello, gymnast. By the way, gymnast, gymnastics is the only sport where you get, like one of the only that you get points deducted. Like you think about baseball, football, like they're just trying to make points. And if they mess up, it's okay. Cause they just didn't get points. In gymnastics, it's like, you mess up, like you lose points. Like you're a loser. Like it's so intense and it's like, it totally forms like your whole mindset for life. And like, Oh, also being aware of that. Like, look back at your 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 sports. Like, how did your sports affect you? Like, growing up, and how do they expect you to uh, refl- uh, they 
affect you as an adult. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. By the way, there's no perfect meditation. Let's go talk to monks about that. Let's yeah. go to Thailand and go talk to about monks and how perfect they are. There's no perfect yeah. Meditation. No, I know. Right. Yeah. That's what's really funny. So that's perfection's not the goal. It's just evolution. Yes. Right? So I think for me, um, a couple components that shifted into my life, um, this is just a, a side note, but like early on, the idea that f- food is fuel, right? The idea that food, I can use food to change my body, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and coming from a gymnastics perspective, right. you know that that was very different than what we got growing up. Correct. Again, how the sports evolve your, your life. But when I realized that food is fuel and I can use it as a resource... To improve my nervous system, Mm -hmm. to improve the gut lining of my gut, Mm -hmm. to improve the muscle structure and Mm -hmm. build how I want to build, you know, based on amino acids and et cetera. I can create a body I want based on what I eat, not on what I don't eat. Yep. And so that was one concept that changed. But then the next concept is um, this concept that um, if I can, that life is not, how do I? That life is not something to be won. Mm. That life is not a competition. That life is already won because I'm here. Right. And because I deserve to be here. And I own a place on this earth. And and you and we're worthy of being here and we're worthy of this place on earth. Because whoever whatever it is, we believe it. Higher power, God, the universe. They put me here mm-hmm. for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And that main purpose is to experience living Yep, and to learn. So when I realized that life is an experience full of experiences and lessons, then it opened my eyes to like, what am I learning today? What am I experiencing today? Oh, today I'm experiencing tiredness. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Why am I experiencing tiredness? Oh, the lesson. I waited too long to write my journal article and was up till 1.30 this morning. And then I had to get up at 4.30 (laughs) to start my work day, right? Like, so, so... I learned a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> now, unfortunately, this lesson's been repeated. <laughs> so I have a choice. So then I also learned that I have the awareness to make a choice. Right. Right. Now, here's the awareness I made. I made a choice knowing all of that because I chose to experience the weekend with my daughter. So I don't regret. Do I look tired right now? No. No. Because feel and notice how that shifted the thought process. Like, oh, I made a choice and I was up all night and I had to work so late and then I had to get up early and, oh, I can't And I had to do it all by myself. I had to do it all by myself. And yeah. It was a, but then, no, 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 no. This is a lesson I've had before. And I knew going into it when I didn't get it done on Wednesday because I had something else going on, whatever it was. Um, you know, I knew going into the weekend that I was about to have a choice. Yep. And what was the choice that I wanted to make for my experience in this world right then? Yep. I wanted to go to Lantern Fest with my daughter. Yep. I wanted to hang out with her grandfather. I wanted to stay up with her. You know, I wanted, we had other things. We had, pro, we made a jack-o'-lantern. Like, I enjoyed my life experience with that, knowing 
then I'll just stay up late. Sunday night, you're only going to get three hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah, and it, but, but it was worth it. Yeah. Because I got to experience a depth of my daughter and an experience that's not going to happen again. Right. Because even if we make a jack-o'-lantern tomorrow or a jack-o'-lantern the next day or next year or whatever, it's not going to be the jack-o'-lantern we made that day. day. Right. And she's not going to be running around dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way that she was dancing. Doing her dancing that improv that yes, she does. dancing improv. Yeah, I was posting on Facebook. But yeah, you know, so, so when I shifted my thought process to life is an experience and it's full of healing and learning mm-hmm. and evolving, it, ch- it changes everything. Yeah. It totally changed the concept of like, what could be like a whatever day today? Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's a beautiful day and I had this great experience and I'm still learning and yeah. I'm definitely evolving because my heart expanded tenfold with all that time I got to hang out with her. Right. Right. So who can... When it's time that you can't get back. Right. But without meditation... You wouldn't have... I wouldn't have been here. No. To be like, I'm experiencing life. Yeah. What am I learning today? Oh, I'm learning that I shouldn't park here because I got a parking ticket, right? Like, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I mean, like, everything's a lesson. You're like, thanks. Thanks for the lesson. Thanks for the lesson. I won't park there. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's all, um, you know, a process or a lesson. Um, I mean, a great, great one is um, when I end up places where I end up meeting people. Yes. Where, like, that person either, I needed them. Or they, they needed, needed me. Yes. For either healing or learning or evolving. Yeah. That's happened so many times to me in the last couple of months. Like it's been mind blowing. And I'm gonna I have more stories to bring on that um in future episodes. A gal I'm gonna bring on which I, when you listen to that one, you're gonna like your mind's gonna explode and you're gonna be really happy. Um but I'm yeah. So proud of you. Yeah. And we've officially put Lucky to sleep. Yeah, Lucky's asleep. He's like, okay, you guys have talked Lucky's for an hour the, now. Um, so let's wrap it up. Yeah. Thank well, you. I just want to say though that for the those that are listening, like that it has been a huge blessing to be a part of your journey, and Thank you. Um, I'm beyond blessed that I was somehow ground zero. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was just a blessing. That was yeah. a, you know divine intervention. Um, but to see you because I knew you pre baby. Yeah. And you know I mean you were get get things done kind of girl, but you were getting it done come hell or high water. Correct. Right? Yes. And it was not necessarily the easiest on you or other people. Or anyone involved <laughs> in the process. But but now, like, to see you so much more light. Yeah. Living life, experiencing life, um, being grateful, and even being grateful for things that are not so sunshine and butterflies. Yeah. Right? Like, I am who I am because of all, all those experiences. Yep. And, no, you know, not all of those experiences were super happy rainbows and butterflies. Right. And that's okay because I'm here today and I can help other people and I can listen to other people. I can have empathy and understand. Yep. And you can drive forward great progress. Right. In legislation that's necessary. Yep. Right? Like, you're doing great things in this world and it's because you chose to work on you right because the world like the things wouldn't happen if they weren't getting me and 100% me like these things wouldn't happen like the podcast wouldn't have even happened like 
there's no way this would have happened six months ago. Like it just wouldn't have because I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent available like myself and who I was and yeah. Well, and I think being clear that like we're just evolving. Yeah. Like it's more healing. There's more healing. There's more to come. There's yeah. more experience. I can't wait to see what it's like next year. <laughs> like, I mean, you've already accomplished like truly because of that drive. And when you started listening, you got stuff done like that would have taken people years <laughs> in like two weeks. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> and you know I'm not kidding. I know. You're just not accepting the compliment. That'll be next. <laughs> next episode is accepting compliments. <laughs> but right, I mean like yeah. I'm not kidding. What you're doing for women and what you're doing for legislation through the colleges and through the Texas legislature, it's it's beyond yeah. Amazing. Thank you. And you're happening so quickly. And you're also doing it with such grace. Thank you. <laughs> calmness. And you're taking time to like, you're not, you're not responding, right? Like you, yes. you used to want to just react yes. when that crap would happen, right? Yes. Like, I mean, when something mm-hmm. was major, we, we all have this human nature to want to just react. react. But since you've been meditating mm-hmm. and doing the practice and like doing everything, you you step back yeah. and you let the stuff settle and follow. And then, oh, it's so then much you're better. able to, yeah. It's so much better. Your response is like a whole nother level, right? Yeah. yeah. And then what you accomplish in the end is just yeah, beyond mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Cause you're amazing like that. <laughs> and so are you. And <laughs> well, so is you. every other woman on this planet and man and kid <laughs> and everyone. Yeah. We all have a purpose and a place. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just a matter of like listening. Yep. It's, I think the first step is awareness, becoming awareness. aware to yourself and working on yourself and yep. taking the time to to fill your cup. Yep. I think we've had that conversation. Yes. Just filling our cup mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, filling our cup so that then when your cup is running over, then then you can help others. Yep. Then you can find your purpose. Right. Because mm-hmm. until the cup is running over and you're thriving, I mean, I've watched you thrive mm-hmm. in quite stressful situations the last couple months. And you're thriving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas before you were like dog paddling to survive to keep right. your head above water. Right. And now mm-hmm. as the stress has stayed the same, if not more, right. you're thriving. Yes. Because your cup is full. And so, you know, I think that Learning awareness through meditation is one aspect of taking care of your mental health and getting, you know, psychological help, counseling, etc. I think that that is beyond beautiful for all of us, just as we work on our diet and we work on our physical health with mm-hmm. someone who moves and teaches you how to move well. Um, it's a balance. Yep. It's all, and I will never be able to go back to treating someone any differently because I can't even separate the bodies anymore. No, right. Because it's you're just a whole person. It's a whole thing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure Brandy will be on much more. She like, oh, we only scratched the surface. There's so many other things. Like, as she was talking, I was like, okay, note to self, we need to go there next time. I like go there next time. Like there's so many different things. She's brilliant. She has so many, so much knowledge and so many things that she can teach us. Um, so definitely uh, stay tuned for more from her if she'll have us. I'll um, always have you. Her and Lucky will have us back in her, <laughs> her abode. Um, but yeah, you guys enjoy and do some self-reflecting and, and let us know how, how we can help. 
Um, send us some messages. She's on social media as well. And Perfect 10 PT. Yep. And, um, and then if you want to check out the meditations I was talking about, um, you can Google uh, Twin Hearts Meditation, yep. um, Master Chokosui, or just uh, Twin Hearts Meditation. You'll find it. Um, there's several of them on YouTube. There's a lot of different versions. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, and she's shared a lot with me. So if you want anything that we've talked about, you can also reach out to me and, and I can forward it and share it. Yep. Totally. All right, you guys have a fabulous day. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Loving This Life podcast. It is because of people like you tuning in each episode that Loving This Life has a purpose. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. This is how we spread the love and reach more amazing people like you. I also want to say a special thank you to Ella Reed. She so graciously shared her empowering and uplifting song, Walk On, for us to use on the podcast. And lastly, remember to wake up each day being confident with who you are, but also love yourself enough to change for the better. Peace, y'all. Your heart.